hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to another beautiful episode of the i hate the antichrist podcast this is now episode 11 and today we're joined by our guests our guest rocky mountain chaos otherwise known as felix sanchez bro exotic himself how's it going felix oh it's going good how you doing ma'am Doing well, doing well. Just uh, had a long day, and I'm uh, sitting down to enjoy recording with a friend, and just you know enjoying the rest of my evening. Um, however, there are some concerning things happening in our little community online. <laughs> uh, you don't say. <laughs> um, but anyway, I prefer to have people introduce themselves. So why don't you tell me who the hell you are and what the hell you're doing here? I'm a. Uh, just a, a Colorado transplant, originally from Philadelphia, um, and I'm here to bitch and complain about the government and all of its agents. <laughs> all right, that's that's short and simple answer right there. There you go. All right. Well, uh, main thing is we uh, have been having a recent problem of people bitching about homeless people. Yeah, my playground. Um, <laughs> so. Have you got any personal experiences with being homeless or, you know, interactions? No. So fortunately, I've never actually been homeless myself. Um, I grew up, uh, I don't want to say necessarily poor. So my dad was an auto mechanic that put three kids through Catholic school. So we got the, the little bit of a better education, but... Typically, I was the third or fourth person to wear a pair of sneakers. I never got all the nice, good shit growing up. You know, I didn't have all the good toys. If I ran around playing with toy guns, it was with the tree branch that I was pretending was a rifle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, we were we we were far from rich or anything like that. But I mean, we weren't broke. I mean, I could have had nicer clothes, but my parents decided to sacrifice and put that money towards the education at the time it sucked but now i look back on it as an adult and it's like okay i get it i understand but no i've never actually been homeless myself um i have gone through some of the things that a lot of homeless people go through that have gotten them into that position like poor life choices maybe um you know i mean we all make mistakes uh some people just have a little tougher time recovering from them um i've that, you know, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't talk about it publicly. I haven't before, but you know, I got some anxiety and depression issues. Uh, that's very rampant stuff. Like, you know, mental health is a big problem that gets people in that position. So I can understand how a lot of them got into that position, even though I've never been there myself. So like, I, I get it, you know, but, uh, it sucks. It sucks to see human beings be treated like lower than animals. Yeah. It you really know, does. when I, it, it really does. And like, I get it. You know, they're, 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 they're shitting under your swing sets and all. <laughs> I understand, but it, to unleash just law enforcement on them, that's not going to fix anything. Um, I think it's going to make it worse it's going to make it a lot worse. Um, I mean, it, 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 it you could kind of compare it to people thrown in prison for using drugs. That doesn't solve anything. 
Um, that don't solve anything. That just makes a bad situation worse. Um, punishing somebody for an addiction, it just it's just going to screw their life up even more because now that not only do they have a drug addiction, but now they have a criminal record on top of that. Good luck getting that person a job. Same thing now. You got this homeless person. You're going to call the cops on them, and and now they're it, they're just going to get more tarnishes. You probably you know possibly even more tarnishes on their record, and it's not going to help anything. It's just going to make the situation worse or worse. They're injured. They're right. Injured exactly. Exactly. I mean, if you think if you think if you're viewing the uh, not you, but if somebody is viewing these people the as being yeah as being less than human. How do you think the cops are going to view them? Exactly. You know, the cops going to be like a dog catcher out there going after a stray dog. And they're just going to fuck these people up physically and even more mentally and emotionally, you know? Um, And I hate the fact that I see someone who has a very far reach. He's got reach outside of our little community here. He is known and seen by... Everybody from all the other parties, he's on Fox News, he's on Joe Rogan, he's on all these shows. And this person is in a position where they could probably do some good. Like, hey, let's do something about the homeless people. Let's get them help that they need. Let's help them get on their feet and all. And, and, you know, he he could make a change. He could have a positive impact on this. And instead, he's like, I'm calling the cops. Yeah, you know, exactly. like that—that's bullshit. It goes back on everything that he's been saying about law enforcement over the past year and a half or two years, and all. I mean, he went from anti-police to all of a sudden he's pro-cop. Hey, I'm going to call these cops. These people that I've been saying I don't want—I don't want around, really, or privatize them, whatever. I'm going to call the state. You know, the state uh, police in here. Like it's, it's hypocritical and it sucks. And it angers me to see somebody in that position to not, to not take advantage of it, to do some real good. And it just goes to show me that he's, he's only people like that are only in it for themselves, for for themselves. Like they don't, they don't care about us. I mean, yeah, they might not hold a political office, but they're, they're, they're using politicians tricks to get themselves ahead. They don't care about anybody else but themselves, you know, and uh, from the position of somebody who has actually been homeless, I got to say that every time the cops come around and even if you're living out of your car instead of living on the streets, every time the cops come around, it gives you a little mini heart attack. It gives you, yeah, I'm sure. Is this going to be the time? I don't have a place to get to if I get away. My old address, somebody else lives there now. I can't go there now. You know, if if I have to get pulled away and removed from this area because they don't like me, I don't know, standing, loitering laws, <laughs> yeah. then what, what the hell am I going to do with my life? Now, luckily, I, I was I was fortunate enough to already be working with Uber, but Uber is the reason I got homeless in the first place. I uh, was mm. moving from Texas to Washington, and uh, my family took all of our possessions, and we drove up there together, and I took my Uber vehicle up there because when I got the vehicle – the person who helped me get it going with a, a lease through Uber or through one of Uber's leasing companies said, yeah, you can move states. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I move up to Washington and they say, oh, no, you can't you can't drive a Texas vehicle here. You can't get the license plates changed. This is leased through Texas. It has to be returned to the state of Texas. 
So oh, I gave you two choices. Either I drive it all the way back down to Texas and work for Uber for a plane ticket to get back and leave the vehicle here, or they'll charge me $3,500 to send a tow truck to come get the vehicle from Washington and bring it to Texas. Holy shit. Yeah, so I was stuck there, and uh, because I got screwed over by Uber, I got I had to drag myself all the way down back to Texas, and I had to basically live out of my vehicle for, you know, four weeks until I finally got it enough money to get a plane ticket and get the vehicle fixed up so they wouldn't charge me extra when I turned it in, and then I had to fly back, which actually took you know, walking all the way from I don't know if you've ever been to Dallas, but uh, Carrollton. Oh yeah all the way ah. to uh, the airport. So I did that entire oh. walk through the city. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, basically just camped around at the outskirts of the, uh, of the, uh, of the hub there, the Southwest. Yeah. Hub. And, yeah. Uh, but while I was in that interim part, after getting rid of the vehicle and just living, walking around outside in Texas, I mean, luckily I had one friend who let me stay with him a few nights when his girlfriend wasn't staying over. But aside from that, I mean, I, I was basically completely homeless. That um, wasn't that that wasn't March to June of this year, was it? No, God, no. Uh, that was like fourteen at this point. Because I lived, I lived in Dallas from March to June of this year. I actually moved from Colorado down to there, and then after three months, I'm like, well, fuck Texas. I'm going back to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, a, a yeah, authoritarian red state's not much better than an authoritarian blue state, though. No, it is. Personal perspective, I like the way the the living happens in red states better than blue states. That's just me, though. Yeah, yeah, I will say that. So, like, it kind of sucks. So it's just like Pennsylvania. Like, so I'm from Philadelphia. Pennsylvania is typically a blue state, but yeah. that's only because of Philadelphia. Like, that's exactly. it. Yeah. The re- once you once you get outside of Philly and the immediate surrounding suburbs, it's just backwoods hillbillies. It's red state all out, out yep. there all day long. Yep. Like in the city, we called it we called the rest of the state Pennsylvania because <laughs> that's all it was. It was just hills and woods, and you got moonshiners out there and shit. Like it's oh, that yeah. it's it's very fucking backwoods. People and uh, from West Virginia bringing that shine yeah. and pepperoni rolls across state borders. And <laughs> yeah, but. Pennsylvania before, I'm not sure now, but when I was there before, like Philadelphia would always have a Democratic mayor. Uh, the governor could go either way, honestly. Um, but yeah, it was pretty balanced with the laws uh, being equal. Like they would be like, they were pretty relaxed with like gun laws as long as you were outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. Like they were, they were pretty chill and relaxed. But once you're in the city, I mean, Two million people in a city like that, they got a little, they got a little sh- more strict. As Philadelphia has always been a, it's a violent city, <laughs> you know, yep. it really is. Yeah. Um, I think they've topped five hundred murders already this year. Wow. Um. Yeah. 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 And that's it's got almost Chicago numbers with like half the population of Chicago. You know, but uh, yeah, it's a violent place. But um, yeah, they, like. Colorado is now like a blue state, yeah. but that's only be- that's only because of Denver. Yep, like that's it. Just Denver and the Denver metro area. There's millions of people that live in that area. In there, it's like it's like four it's like four cities uh, pressed up against Denver, and be- then it's just you know my blue heaven type shit. 
it's just it, it, it yeah it's just liberal paradise up there but you, you know when like, like trinidad or something and it's, it's all yeah. you know, just a bunch of hillbillies did you did did you know that trinidad is actually the sex change capital of america really yeah i found that out a few years ago more sex change more sex changes are done in trinidad than any other than any other city in america my best friend's from Trinidad. I'm going to have to tell him yeah. that I found that. It's out. a cool town. It's a really cool town. Oh, yeah. Because that's, that's where it starts to get – that's shop. where it starts to get real, like, southwestern down there because you're, like, right on the border with New Mexico and all. I love it down there. Absolutely. But, yeah, you come you come here to Colorado Springs, and Colorado Springs is is pretty red Like because it's, like, they don't, they don't want this city to turn into Denver. Exactly. So, so they're holding on. So yeah, that's where I'm at, Colorado Springs. So the county here, county here is like 720,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not tiny. There's a lot of people here, you know. Yeah. Um, Colorado Springs, I think, is like the 21st largest city in America, but it's still holding on pretty red. I meet a lot of people, a lot of people here, and uh, it's very. This was like, there's still MAGA flags all over the place and all here. It's very red. And Republican in this city, so um, upsides down. Not that, <laughs> not yeah, not that I like the, uh, not that I like the 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 red side of things more, but I'd rather live I'd rather live in this red city than live in the live live in that blue city that's like an hour north up in Denver, because it is it is awful up there. Um, the homelessness. Uh, there's a huge homeless homeless population up there and they view it they view it as they're helping but they're not all they're doing is like oh sure yeah you can sleep out in this area here that's not helping no. i mean it's better than locking them up and throwing them in jail yeah but you're also enabling instead of helping exactly and, and you know, this is like, really the big trade-off between red states and blue states. It's it's what they like and don't like. Like, at least in a red state, if you're going to get helped, it's probably going to be a charity who's fully allowed to come help you. They're going to come help you. Or some yeah. nice person is going to open their door to you and be kind and give you food and, you know, water and you know, maybe clothes or something nice. But in a blue state, people are so standoffish on a personal level because they just assume the government's going to take care of it. Yeah, they can just they can just turn a blind eye to it because they think Daddy Gov is going to fix everything. And what you were just saying about the you know people being charitable and all, like isn't that a lot of like the uh, the libertarian stand? You know, there's their stance on thing, volunteerism and charity and everything. Yes, it is. Like, it's also supposed to be the biblical stance, which the you know red states wouldn't have you believe either. Um, yeah. biblical stance would be you go out there and you help that person yourself. Jesus would be out there helping them. Yep, exactly. Jesus they don't want to look at that. He had to help uh, it's anybody, basically. Yep. Like, yeah. I, uh, I wrote on Twitter the other day, and I think I touched a nerve with some people. They got mad because I posted a screen. Play. I posted the screenshot of uh, AOC. AOC back this when Dallas and all had the winter storm this past year, that real nasty, like once in a century winter storm. AOC went down there and in just a few days, she was able to raise $5 million 
to help the people down there. Exactly. And it's and I said it. I was like, you know, never forget that time the the socialist did more for volunteerism <laughs> in a few days than the Libertarian Party did it did in a in, you know in its fifty year history. <laughs> and I touched a nerve because I had to pull up the woman who's yeah she's like. I I don't really pay attention to what she says, but I know she supports all like the socialist programs and everything. She's a socialist, whether she says it out loud or not. But um, I mean, I mean, look what she was able to do, and it's like, man, that should be the Libertarian Party going out there and doing this. That's there's that's their shit volunteerism. Like, hey, you guys don't want to pay taxes and all that's cool because I don't want to pay them either. But like, if you don't want to pay taxes or anything, and you want to show that volunteerism works, get out there and help the fucking homeless. Go out there and actually volunteer. Yeah. Because now you're, you're doing, you're just spouting off your stupid fucking theory and you're, 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 you're speaking it, but you're not, you're not doing it. Like, like what the old cliche actions speak louder than words, go out there and show that volunteerism can help out and put a dent in this fucking homeless population. Do something. You know what I mean? Like, and they don't want to do it. No, we're calling the cops. Like, like you, you goddamn neocons. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because you're against war doesn't mean you're not a fucking neocon. Exactly. Like, that's the only stance that they don't share with neocons. They're all anti-war. I'll give them credit for that. But, you know, get out there. Like, 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 like just because... You don't share that one fucking belief with with a typical neocon. Doesn't mean you're not a neocon. That's just one thing out of however many that you have in common. That you out of the, the however many things you do have in common with them. What amazes like, stop. me is just how far up the the right side of the spectrum, or how far down the right side of the spectrum it goes. Like the closer yeah. you get to full blown ANCAP, the more they are still they're just neocons who like government action less yeah that's all it is they're neocons who like government action slightly less to the point where you know a, a lot of people hate on the the tankies and ann coomers for this but uh the the whole concept that and caps you know full all the way in the corner and caps are basically just fascists who don't want government action to pull off that what they want like yeah. it ends up getting that far it ends up getting yeah. like look at Hoppians, look at look at oh. like, you know, the occasional Liberty Groiper. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Talking about an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, it 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 drives me nuts because Dave Smith, someone who's in you know fairly well in the public, my mom even knows who fucking Dave Smith is. You know what I mean? Like my yeah. my you know almost seventy year old mother knows who Dave Smith is, but. Like this guy's in the public eye and he had a perfect chance right there to practice what he preaches. Get off your ass, go out there and do something. Say, hey, you know what, guys? I see a lot of homeless people in the playgrounds around my house. You know, since, since you know, the libertarians all love running GoFundMes and shit like that, I'm going to start a GoFundMe and I'm going to use this money to to do something. Maybe find housing for even just one homeless person out there you know what i mean just something like practice what you preach you had an opportunity you know you think that that was your moment to seize the show that volunteerism works and you don't need the government 
to rip money out of your paycheck and 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 force these things. Send some balloons after some guy for smoking yeah. weed inside of the little tube slide oh. of a playground at fucking yeah. midnight. When there's no goddamn Ooh. kids there at midnight. Yeah, right? He's bitching about this shit late at night. I'm sorry, but if your kid's out at the playground that time of night, your parenting skills need to be fucking checked. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. You know what I mean? Like, like Come on, I, Dave. Not, not on. that I'm calling him. <laughs> not saying him he's I'm not saying he's a bad parent but honestly it was a perfect opportunity for him to go and show that the volunteerism that the libertarian party is a, is all about can actually work but instead he's going to let the fucking socialist from the bronx take that take that you know take that <laughs> crown and you know, know he's going to let he's going to let her take that crown instead she is she is the queen of volunteerism at this point yeah. She raised five five million dollars for people in 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 a, in a in a predominantly like red area. Yep. You know what I mean? She jumped over like that. Like Ted Cruz didn't even help out with that shit, and that's his state. Yep. It took it took it took the 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 his you know it it took the Hispanic uh, socialist from the Bronx to go down to Red Texas to raise all that money and every the republicans and the libertarians let her walk away with that crown you know like nothing come on get out there and do something exactly you know if 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 she can do it you guys can do it especially when all you guys say volunteerism volunteerism don't take my taxes let me decide to do what you know let me decide what i want to do with my own money How how about you decide to help people out the way that you say you want to. Yeah. And normally the complaint, it isn't even really about homeless people. No, it's not. It's, it's about drug addicts. It's about violence, beha- violent behavior. It's about, I don't know, kitty fiddling behavior. Um, yeah. It's about thing, you know, actual bad things that people are actually doing. If there's just some dude asleep with newspapers on top of him, all fucking 1940s cartoon style. <laughs> yeah. In the park, yeah. that dude does not need to be fucked with. That you don't, you can't, you can't just fuck with that guy. He's not doing anything wrong. Oh. He's just t- taking a nap. He's enjoying the 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 day, and he's trying to get some rest. And and yeah. his life's already hard enough as it is. He's not a junkie smoking crack underneath the monkey bars. He's not. He's not some pedo hiding around behind the backside of a four by four, looking at your kids like uh, fucking what's his face from Hot Tub Time Machine, looking around the corner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, he's he's the problem is not with homeless people or homelessness. The problem is with drug addicts and the response we have towards drug addicts. So I, I like. You and I both know neither of us are really socialists, but I also have my own admiration for them. The way Portugal socialized their drug their uh, drug addiction response. If yeah. I don't know if you're familiar, but they uh, I am basically yeah. yeah decriminalized across the board. Had charity programs give housing to people, help them get over their fucking actual addiction and the actual problems in their life. Help them reconnect with their family, get new friends. And it's all based off of that study um, with, I don't know if you're familiar with the Rat Heaven, the Rat Heaven study. Yeah, um, I have heard about it a little bit. I, I, don't, I don't know too much about it. What, what, the, what first, on there? 
the first uh, part of that experiment, the, the very first inspiration for the experiment, was there was an experiment done where they took, where they were just trying to figure out how bad is heroin. So they took mice, rats, put them in a cage with two different water sources, one clean, one with heroin. But it was a very plain cage. It was just very normal. And they all drank the heroin water and died pretty damn quickly, usually within about two weeks. Yeah. Then they put them in a nice, gorgeous, luscious rat heaven with plenty of food always there, plenty of bed materials in multiple different areas, all sorts of exercise equipment, and plenty of other rats of, of all different types of sizes and colors for them to hang out with and play with. And only, I think it was like 4% of the rats even touched the heroin water more than like once. Oh. And so, you know... The, the rat heaven got a lot worse. They they ended up expanding it to beyond more than just the heroin study. But that particular study on opiates in the water, they Portugal saw that and basically says, okay, we'll just apply this knowledge. And you know, I mean, like I just said, they decriminalized it, and they have had the most incredible response to doing that with with the addiction rates plummeted. They plummeted to barely any at all, like true public addiction rates. And there's also no serious stigma about addiction other than just like it's a personal tragedy, which really is the only stigma there should be, is that it's a personal tragedy if you have a serious addiction problem. Yeah. But here here in the United States, it's so much worse. Yeah, it's, it's a disease. It's a disease. It's the only... Addiction is the only disease that you can get punished for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Seriously. You know, it's a shame. Now, luckily, I've never, I've never faced an addiction problem. Um, <clears throat> there's certain things that um, I've been smart enough to know, like, eh, you might want to avoid that. So, like, yep. I see myself where I could probably, I could probably get addicted to gambling pretty easy. I don't know how I I originally came up with that. So I do pretty good at avoiding gambling. Mm-hmm. I do. I stay away from it. I mean, I go down to – we go down like uh, Cripple Creek down, you know, the town Cripple Creek uh, south from here. They got casinos there, and I'll go there every once in a while. I bring my driver's license and a $50 bill, and that is it. <laughs> That's it. There you go. That's it. I don't bring any cards with me. I don't even bring my entire wallet. I bring a $50 bill and my driver's license because I don't know. I just kind of got this feeling like, you know, I could probably get addicted to gambling. I've made the decision to try to do everything I can to avoid that. Yep. Um, so here's my question. How how'd yeah. you figure out that you'd probably be bad when it came to gambling? How'd you figure it out? Um. I honestly really can't remember when. I really can't remember when. Um, but it was because I, I just know, like, and, I, uh, I, I I'm, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I can't even remember. That's how long. Like, it was a long time ago. But I just kind of like, you know what? Uh, I just kind of see myself because I know I, I'm a risk taker, and I will take dumb risks. Mm-hmm. You know, I will. And I don't want to take dumb risks with money. Uh, I have seen, uh, 
I've seen gambling addict, gambling addicts, and man, oh, yeah. there it's 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 just as it's it's just as it's just as bad as like a drug addiction. It is. Yeah. They'll they'll start you know stealing from their family members and and it's like yeah, you might not be consuming something that's toxic for your body, but it's still a really bad addiction. And I boy, I want to avoid that. For but me, um, I realized it from video games. Really? Yep. So um, the, my very first experience with that was uh, getting a Porygon in Pokemon Blue. Where they have you like do the slot machine yeah. in one building and then you go next door to get your prize and it's like a Pokemon. Yeah, so uh, I spent way too long spending all of my Poke dollars in the very first game. And then I like couldn't afford potions and Pokeballs and all that. But I got my Porygon. And I just kept on hammering at it till I got my Porygon. And it was from that moment I realized, oh, yeah, I probably would not do well with this. And then later, uh, when Assassin's Creed 3 came out and they have uh, Cowboy Checkers in there, it's just a board game. It's kind of like Checkers, but it's yeah. a little bit different. It's kind of like halfway between t- Checkers and Tic-Tac-Toe. Anyway, uh, I found the hard bot, and I had something like 50000 bucks in game. And I just wagered the minimal amount and kept playing against it and losing over and over and over and over and over until I ran out of all of that money. And that was in a video game. <laughs> I can't imagine yeah. what I would do in real life. I remember. I remember when I remember where it was. So God, I don't even know how long ago this was. This was probably around the year two thousand, maybe. So you're going back a little over twenty years now. I went and I met up with my uh my dad and some people were at the Philadelphia Park racetrack out right outside of Philadelphia um which I think now is the Parks Casino is what it is mm-hmm. but back then it was it was just a racetrack and I went there and I'm not going to say why I had like, I had $2000 on me in cash at the time <laughs> but i had two thousand dollars in cash yeah no yeah honestly yeah that's what it was you know hey like i said i didn't i didn't like being the third or fourth person to own a pair of shoes so once i hit around like 14 years old i started doing what i had to do to make sure i had some nice jordans on <laughs> there you go <laughs> but but um no yeah so i was uh i was like well geez like probably like 21 years old at the time. And, um, I go out, I, I meet up with them there. They're they, you could have a barbecue down, like on the infield, right by the racetrack. I go there and I had $2,000 on me and I'd never bet on a horse before. And I went and I looked and there was this one horse and it was 19 to two odds for this horse to win. And I almost put all $2,000 on it because I was like, yeah. Cause I was like, Oh, I can go out and get $2,000 again tonight, whatever, you know, no big deal if I lose it. But if I win at 19 to two odds with $2,000, man, that's one hell of a payday, you know? Yeah. And then like, I just, I decided not to do it. And my dad was like, yeah, it's probably best. You probably shouldn't do that. Like, you know, he's trying to tell me like, don't do that. And, uh, and I didn't do it. And this horse actually came in second place and lost by i'm not even kidding by like a nose and i was like and i was like oh man i 
boy, he was a nose away. If I put that money on it, I would have, I, I, I would have won a lot of money. And my dad was like, yeah, but he would, he didn't win. You would have lost $2,000. Exactly. And then that's when I realized, you know what? Yeah. I would have just pissed away $2,000. So I've avoided gambling ever since then. That's the moment where I realized like, Ooh, yeah, I, I, I'm a little too careless when it comes to the risky decisions, <laughs> you know, like you hear a little bit yeah. of your dad in your head when it comes to gambling situations. Yeah. I remember him like, Ooh, yeah, that's, you know, him saying like, yeah, but you would have lost $2,000 because he didn't win. I'm like, <laughs> Oh fuck. Yeah. You're right. Can't you rationalize I mean? that kid. <laughs> you know? And it's like, it's with gambling. Like the house always wins when you're at the casino. Like, yeah, I could have won big that day, but if I would have won big that day, that would have lured me into it more. Like, oh, I won big once. I could win again. How many times do you win when you're at the racetrack or or at the casino or something like that? It's rare. You know? I, yeah, that's it. And I would have lost a ton of money. So ever since then, that's the moment where I decided, you know what? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay away from gambling. I was I I would have just thrown away two thousand dollars. That's good. So, that's good. Yeah, man. That's that, that. That's an expense. That's an expensive addiction. <laughs> yeah. God. It almost seems like it'd be better to be into drugs and gambling. <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember before I you know because I do a lot of car stuff, uh, race cars and everything like that, and I bought a new fancy car and shit. And my mom was like, ah, you and these cars, blah, blah, blah. It's like, she said it. She's like, she's like, it's like an addiction. And I was like, well, at least it ain't heroin. And my mom was like, <laughs> heroin, heroin would probably be cheaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Um, yeah, she's right. Yep. Fortunately, that's a hobby that pays for itself. So oh, I do yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Up, right. I yeah I do I I race and I earn the money back. Ooh, you know? there you go. Oh so, yeah. But speaking of which, here's another hobby. This is actually kind of a semi big announcement I'd like to do on your show. All right, go right ahead. That's man. all right with you. Absolutely. So instead turning hobbies into you know money, um, this is the this is kind of like the half announcement. Pretty soon in the next week or two, the big full announcement will come out. Um, I am getting into the custom gun game. That's I will be building complete one of one original rifle, the uh, custom rifles and pistols. They will be serialized. They will be registered everything. So my plan is to, well, I'll take uh, I'll take custom I'll take custom orders. So, for instance, I'm meeting with a guy tomorrow and a guy on Friday, who each want to build. They want a custom rifle built. The guy tomorrow just wants a five you know five five six AR. Uh, the guy on Friday, actually, he wants a fifty, uh, 50 Beowulf done, Ooh. and he want he wants it to be in the marine. He was a marine before. Now he owns a business, and he wants it in the marine flak turn camo but the colors of his business and he wants his business logo on it. Um, it will have my own little company name and logo on the lower receiver. They will say one of one on it. They will all, everything will be a completely one of one piece, whether it's a white, a rifle or a pistol, um, different calibers. 
So I will take custom orders. And also what I plan on doing is I just want to from off my own mind, I want to do one a month, which is some sort of a theme to it, build it and sell it by auction. Hey, this is, you know, the, the, you know, we'll have like, you know, here's the starting bid and it will be a, it, like, I don't want to sit here and say it's going to be a collector's piece, but it will be a one of one original. Um, they'll have, they'll be like Cerakote. Uh, it'll be getting a Cerakote done to it. That will fit like the theme of the rifle and everything like that. So yeah, that's exciting. That's going to happen. I'm going to come up exciting. with the, uh, I'm going to announce, make the official announcement with the name and the, you know, the logo. Um, so every rifle will come with optics already on it. You don't have to worry about that. Optics, trigger, barrel, bolt, everything on it will be totally, you know, it'll, it'll all be custom stuff. And uh, um, yeah, I'm excited for that. It's going to be fun. That's me again, um, taking a hobby of mine. And turn it into a little business endeavor. Um, every every rifle will come with a certificate. Uh, you know, like exactly the breakdown of what what the rifle or pistol contains, um, everything like that. And it, it, it everyone is guaranteed to be one of one. That's it. This is the only this is the only one like it. So you don't have to go and buy a base thing. Um, and then be like, oh, you know, I want to buy this rifle, but I like this trigger. I like this barrel. I like this bolt. Boom. I got it all for you. And it's even going to come with a fancy, fancy paint job on it too. It won't be spray paint. It will be actual Cerakote. I have a local company that I'm going to be working with for the Cerakote. Their name will be on the certificate, you know, Cerakote done by them. Everyone will come with a t-shirt, uh, with, you know, the company name and logo on it too, and stickers and It'll come with all that stuff. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's awesome. That's exciting. It's going to be fun. Turn it, yeah. going to turn it into a hobby. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to decide, I'm going to decide on a charity. I want to do a, a, yeah, I want to do a, you know, a portion of the proceeds. I'm going to, I'm going to donate to a charity. Homeless? Maybe. Or, a maybe. Drug shelter? Maybe. 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 Potentially. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Something like that. Um, uh, there's a few out there I'm beating around. I like the St. Jude. St. Jude is a great charity. Um, I got a bunch of kids and a bunch of nephews and nieces and a lot of, you know, kids in my life. So kids kind of hold a soft spot in my heart. So the St. Jude, the St. Jude uh, fund is, is pretty good. I'm not sure though. I probably shouldn't have said that one out loud because somebody from St. <laughs> Jude, it's just the off chance that they hear this podcast. <laughs> But no, nah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a charity, and a portion of the proceeds will actually go to the charity and all like that. Because awesome. I mean, I like to practice what I preach. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so the a portion of the proceeds will actually go um, to the charity in you know in the buyer's name. So if you know John Smith from Indianapolis buys a rifle. Um, you know, a check will get sent off to the charity that we choose in, you know, John Smith's name. Like, hey, here you go. This is from John Smith from Indianapolis donating this money. So, yeah, it's exciting. I like charity work and also if I have a chance to if I have a chance to help out a little bit more. I'm going to do it. Uh, do you know Basaba? Yeah. 
at Dweller Anti. Uh, I've been working with him on designing a holster system. Really? So yeah. I was because I was thinking today. Well, if I do these pistols, I would like to have holsters. So maybe I could get him in on this too. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, what I've been doing with him is uh, what I wanted to do is I have a 3D printer. So I've been okay. just make a general 3D printed holster design that will work for basically any gun. Because if you have a simple FDM 3D holster, a 3D printer, you can yeah. just literally print out entire flat cheeks of thermal plastic. Mm-hmm. And it's already got a heated bed on it that'll go up to you know if you have like an again an Ender three it'll be ten degrees Celsius yeah. which is more than enough to get that plastic hot enough to press. Yeah, um, so an old top panel, whole nine yards to get everything going. And it, I, this originally came out of the necessity of needing a holster for an SD nine VE with a light on it with with like a third party light on it it's kind of uh under uh like make it for an SD9VE with an NC star light got myself a length of bungee cord made panels and i felt you know heat formed it myself and it works amazingly i've been uh, every day carrying it i can do a full high speed draw it doesn't fall out if i go upside down with no pressure on my waistband it's it's literally perfect it's and it and it completely covers the trigger well which is nice thing that causes neg discharge yeah so no yeah that's 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 my on the waist and inside the waist, both of them have that. That's that's like necessary. <laughs> and it's yeah. hard to find in ones that are compatible with a carry light too. Yeah, pretty hard. No, to that's find. cool. All right, we're we're gonna talk. We're yeah. gonna talk then. We'll talk because <laughs> I would like that. Yeah, we'll talk. But yeah, I have like an idea of like doing like a four fifty eight or a four fifty rifle. So like I said, I just want to like once a month just come up with like some sort of a rifle with some sort of a theme. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, I want to do, like, a 458 or a 450, and that one will be geared towards, like, hog hunting. Like, that's going to be a hog gun. And I'm already picturing it in my head where it'll have, like, a, like a brush stroke camo done to it, you know? And on the, the side on the side of the, uh, the receiver, you know, opposite, you know, the dust cover and all, the ejection port, opposite side have it so like there's like a pig peeking out like pulling the brush to the side and like peeking out of it and like every every everyone everyone will have like a name so i was like oh and i'm gonna call that i'm gonna call that one you know pig roast that'll be that'll be one of one you know it'll have a a solid flash suppressor you know good flash suppressor on it it'll come with a bipod and adjustable uh you know variable variable zoom scope on it and everything like that it's ready to go out and kill hog, and it's going to be one of one. That's going to be the only one like it, like that, you know. So once you get it going, I'm gonna definitely. I'm I'm gonna order a P90 from you, or a PS90, because I don't want the AFT to knock down my door. <laughs> so here's I'll, the deal: P90 from so <laughs> to cover to cover my ass, <laughs> to cover my ass. Um, I found a company they make they make lowers. 
It's just an empty lower. You provide everything else, and they do come serialized. Um, but unfor- unfortunately, since this is going to be a legitimate business and everything like that, I got to follow certain months until you know until the great collapse happens. You know, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, so they this company actually has a they they have they buy blocks of serial numbers so that lower will have a serial number and it will be registered and all and the way i'm going to work it is um so yeah it'll get it'll have a serial number on it it'll get registered i'm going to have to do background you know uh, background checks will be bought done on the buyer and then um and then uh yeah whoever buys it like hey you know find a find an f let you know Give me an FFL near you, and I'll send it to them, and they can handle the paperwork there you go. for the for the transfer. So, yeah, oh, it's exciting. It's 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 all. This is all going to be you know on the up and up. Because that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I don't want to sit here and go to prison. I'm too pretty. <laughs> I'm too pretty for prison. But <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a legitimate business, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a portion of the proceeds. Uh, we'll go to a charity, a a, a, a yet to be determined. Uh, charity in the uh in the buyer's name. So, yeah, I don't want to just mass. I don't want to just mass produce this stuff. I want to. I want to build one from scratch and have it. Just make it cool. You know what I mean? Like this is a cool, functional gun. You know, I, and it's it's one of one. There there won't be another one like it. So whoever buys it, that will they will know. Like this is the only one like this in the world. So oh, very cool. That's a very big announcement too. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 name of the company, the logo, and all that's all get the logos all getting like finished up now. But yeah, that'll be in that'll be engraved into the lower the logo and the name and everything, and the uh, the model number is going to be whatever whatever name I give it. So like <laughs> yeah. that pig that pig hunting one model you know model model pig roast <laughs> the hog so, you know. Yeah, dog slapper. There you go. Yeah, something like that. I got like a, like a, a Vietnam theme that I want to do, where it's like the handguard and the upper and the lower, and like I want to do the old M16 stock on it. But that'll all be done like a distressed OD green, like it wants to look old. And I'm considering doing a side charging, a side charging handle on that one. Make it real old school. You know what I mean? It's exciting. You know, I have, I have all these ideas in my head. I printed I'm gonna out. Take, I'm going to take my love of art. I don't know. So I was on the show with Heather this week. And uh, we actually talked. I, I, I guess I kind of surprised some people. And I said, like, I love art. I really do like art. I'm just not like an artist. I just can't grab it. I'm not able to paint on a canvas at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can turn rifles and pistols into art. You know what I mean? That's going to be my yeah. that's going to be my way to, of doing that. So it's exciting. Uh, I'm I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. But yeah, we'll definitely talk about the pistols because I can also get like rep, replica Glock and M and P and uh, XD lowers and shit, and I can like custom build those and all too. Yep. So I will. So it'd be nice if I could offer that. Hey, and it comes with a custom holster as well. You know what I mean? That that'd be a nice, nice little touch. 
Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But I also want to do like a, I don't know, playing all kinds of, doing all kinds of things. Might do like a, um, yeah, we'll do like giveaways and shit like that. So I'm going to run this like a legit business. I'm excited. That is very exciting. That is seriously exciting. I'm trying to get businesses off the ground. You know, I went to Winco today and a guy just randomly approached me about my pea coat, asked me where I got it. And, uh, we ended up talking and he owns an e-commerce company. So I'm going to be having dinner with him soon. See if I can get out of my current wage slave job. So (laughs) nice. Exciting to get into your own self-sustainable crap, moving out in the woods, make your own business. Get your own money, build your own home, raise your own food, whole nine yards. Yeah, I'm 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 working towards that. I uh, just got to make a few. Uh, I mean, if it was if it was just me, like man, I'd have done that shit a few years ago. Oh, but yeah. I got small kids. I got to make sure, like, hey, let's. I got to make sure they're all right first. Yeah, it's not just about me. It, yeah, it's not just about me anymore. You know. I can't be, that's one thing I can't be selfish with. I got to make sure the kids are okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, family's, I family's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. You know, if any, anything, there's always comes a day where you're going to need somebody and it's always your family's going to be the first one there. So that's, that's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Hopefully. I, I hope that your family, so, you know, I hope for everyone's sake that their family is the first one that's going to be there. Yeah. Family's good. Family's good to have around. Some dickbag yeah. Aaron called on him for smoking weed in the park at midnight. I mean, who has <laughs> not, not who to bring this full circle, but <laughs> who, who hasn't, I mean, honestly, who hasn't smoked weed in a park at one point? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. I don't see the big deal in it, uh, you know, and that, yeah, to go full circle on this subject. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'll just, it's crazy because up until like a little over a year ago, I i was on board the libertarian, the libertarian train. But then libertarians pushed me off of that motherfucker. You know, I, 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 I had to leave. I, I just, I can't. I can't do it anymore. And like, they just keep getting worse and worse every single day. Um, I noticed the exact same thing, actually. I, my time as an actual libertarian. So just as a disclaimer, I used to be a Trump man. Oh boy. Oh boy is right. Yeah. Back in like 2015, (laughs) 16, I used to be a Trump man. Then uh, he got elected and I was like, Hey, wait a second. Nothing's fucking different. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, then I you know, sort of branched off to libertarianism because it felt like more of a fuck the reds, fuck the blues sort of deal at the time. And then uh, Joe Jorgensen during her campaign in 2020 or 2019 or whenever it was, I can't even remember anymore. Time is a yeah. blur. Um, her with it, her. It, uh, it's gone by. Absolutely so- anti-racist. Yeah. Yeah, it is going by fast. Way too fast. Yeah, it's it's gone by so fast, but it seems so long ago also because you consider how much shit has happened since then. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the density of 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 events has seriously increased in the past, what, year? Two years? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just it, it, it's insane. Even if, 
a few years before that. It all started with a with a gorilla getting killed in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> it all, that's when everything went bad. It's that domino meme. The first domino is yeah. the tiny one is uh, Harambe being killed Harambe. in Cincinnati Zoo. The giant domino is Australia goes full Nazi Germany. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you see, you see that the uh, the Omic the Omicron virus is in Australia, and it's like, well, if you're only letting vaccinated people into the country and out of the country, how the hell did that get there then? If everybody's vaccinated, exactly. So, how did that get there? Then what's the fucking point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys are going full on tyranny for no reason at all. Yeah, it's honestly. It's that that one video of that woman, there was that woman like living like she was off by herself in the middle of nowhere. She was breastfeeding her baby. And the cops are there ripping the baby out of her arms while she's feeding her baby because she's not vaccinated. That was on video. That's not fake. That's not yeah. a fake report. It was on video. And that's the way they're ripping a baby out of a woman's hands, out of off of her mother's off of her breast while she's while the baby is feeding just because the mother is not vaccinated and they're saying she can't be there in this spot in the middle of the goddamn woods in australia she can't be there because she's not vaccinated like you literally stopped a baby from eating because the mother didn't have this vaccine that obviously doesn't work if this new variant has already made its way into your country even though the only people coming and going out of your country are vaccinated. Exactly. Like that, that was a shame. Like, and, and I got so mad at the people sitting around watching that happen. Yep. You just watch that happen. You let that happen. You let a, a baby t- be taken away from its food. No, they don't just watch and let it happen. <clears throat> they cheer it on. Yeah. They're cheering it on actively saying, Oh, she's a child abuser because she's out in the middle of the woods breastfeeding her child because they're in nature like bro your ancestors fucking came from the woods don't start with her like don't be a fucking prick bro it's so awful the way people are being treated right now it's terrifying it's legitimately terrifying and this is why um i think that there needs to be a campaign and there needs to be a campaign soon to legitimately run guns to australia yeah get them over there or 3D printers. I mean, whatever. Rip so I learned. I I learned today that uh, the natives down in like the very southern part of South America, mm-hmm. um, from genetic testing, they found out they got they got Aborigine blood in them. They got some. Some of them have Aborigine blood in them. Huh. So that means, however many hundreds and hundreds of years ago, Aborigines on basically what are canoes made their way from Australia. And the little islands around Australia, South America, all the way to fucking South America. If those motherfuckers could make that trip, we can. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know? I, wonder if that's, I wonder if that goes back to the Olmec civilization. Then I wonder if that's. I'm not sure. I just, I just I heard that little tidbit. The, I don't know if you ever seen the old the Olmec heads, the big stone Olmec heads in the oh in yeah the jungle. They're definitely yeah. black people. Well, at least by our phenotypes that we have today, but. They definitely look like black people. And so. Man, I, yeah. I, I love hearing about that shit. Like those ancient civilizations all intermingling and being intertwined oh, yeah. and everything. And, and just like peacefully too. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. No, no, no really. governments involved. Like if you, so like they just showed that, uh, they just did this special, uh, testing and found is it, was it up in, uh, Newfoundland? Those eight, those eight, um, sod covered huts were proven to be from 1121. They're wow. 900 years old and they're, they're Viking houses. Yep. Were found, they were, I mean, everybody's always kind of known that the Vikings were here, yeah. you know, but now, now it's like, that's definitive proof. These are Viking houses made and it, they date it back to 1121. And, uh, um, they were, they were made like the wood on the inside of them was cut with metal, not with, not with stone tools that the natives here used at the time. Natives here at the time did not have metal tools. Yeah. This was made by metal tools and all, and it was a traditional Viking sod covered hut. Wow. They found eight of them there. And it's like, and now that just, that just, that kind of tells me <clears throat> if they had enough time to build these homes, then that means they got along with the locals. Because yeah, exactly. if, fight, if you're fighting with the locals, you're not going to have enough time to build homes like that. Yeah. That means they came up with some sort of an agreement and they were living peacefully amongst the natives up there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I was like, I wonder if you did some genetic testing on what is up there. Is it the Inuits that are up there? The First Nationers? I'm not sure. That are up there. I don't know enough about the Canadian Newfoundland Labrador sort of area to tell you anything. I bet if you did some like genetic testing on those people, you'd find that they have some Scandinavian blood in them. Would not be surprising. Well, you know, uh, it's on one level it's surprising, but on another level it's totally not because if you think back to the Spanish, uh, (laughs) Spanish people first coming to Central America. Cortez found Roman septums in the yeah. gold that was in uh, the Incan and Aztec areas. Yeah. Like, he just straight up found Roman septums from 2000 years ago there. Like those at least at, at, at very least what that means is that the trade routes of Rome and the rest of the world were extremely well connected. And yeah. at best, it means that Romans were there, which would be crazy I- to think about. Yeah. Well, the, so the Vikings had crucible, crucible steel. Yep. And at the time, at the time, the only, the only people in the world during the Viking era that were making crucible steel were in modern day Iran. Yeah. Yep. That's Persians. So that means the Vikings had to go all the way over to there. I mean, have you ever heard of the, uh, have you ever heard of the, the Hebner rock? The what? The the Hebner rock. The Hebner rock is in Hebner, Oklahoma. It's a rock with Viking runes carved into it. Really? Yeah, it's in Hevener, Oklahoma. Hevener, Oklahoma is accessible by the Mississippi River. The Mississippi River goes all the way up north. So it wouldn't have been a big thing if the Vikings, if they entered through, you know, like what is now like the Canadian and American border. There is, I forget which river it is. There's a river that goes, you know, east to west there that connects to the Mississippi river. So they could have gone down that river and then take the Mississippi river South. And those bastards wound up in Oklahoma. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's called the Hevener rock. It's in Hevener, Oklahoma. I'm actually planning on taking a trip down there. Cause I want to see this damn thing in person that blows my mind. 
that the Vikings were able to make it into what's now modern day Oklahoma. That's mind blowing. So that did it on their long boats. Yeah. Yeah. So that means, that means, you know, 900 years ago, these people were able to come to a totally different world and deal peacefully with people that look totally different from them. Yep. If they were able to do it 900 years ago with complete communication barriers, none of them spoke the same language. Yeah, they're and they were able to do it then. Same route. With all the tools and everything that we have today, why can't we do that now? We could. Why can't why can't we do it now? What is stopping humans from just fighting amongst each other based off of just ideologies, different languages, skin colors, physical features, everything like that? If if people were able to do that shit for thousands of years, what when did it stop and why when did it stop and why did it stop? Well, it's I mean, what, there, there, there was always clashes in the Antichrist. Yeah, there, you know, there, there was, it was, it was, <clears throat> there was, and you're right, right there. I'm going to get to that in one second. You're right. <laughs> um, they, uh, for, for, I mean, there were always like little wars that would go on amongst people, but then it would stop. But for the most, but for Vikings to travel all the way across the ocean and land in this land that the east, the eastern part of the world had never seen before. And come up to these people. You, yeah, I mean, put a put a traditional Viking next to a traditional, you know, a Native American. They look nothing alike nothing. at all. They live totally different lives. They have different religions, different languages, and all. And the Vikings were able to were able to make it work enough that they were able to travel freely all the way through and down to fucking Oklahoma. You know, and the only thing that's stopping them from saying that this. This Hevener rock is 100% like was carved by a Viking. They can't really date it, but it's, it's Viking runes carved into this thing. And uh, it's like, that means they, you don't get to travel that far unless you're very sociable. Like you're able to stop and, and figure it out with the natives. Trade some, you know, you don't speak their language, but everybody speaks, you know, everybody understands it if you hold out like, a a a a a robe or like a coat or a shawl made out of like wolf fur. Yeah. If you go walking up and hand that out to somebody, that's like universal. Like, hey, I come in peace. Here, you can have this. You know what I mean? If they were able to get it done, why can't we? We have the tools, even with language barriers. I can meet someone from China and I can go on I can go on goddamn Google and translate what I want to say to them. Exactly. You know what I mean? We have the tools. People nicely. Yeah, just the 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 problem isn't us. The problem is them. The powers that be, that you call the the Antichrist. The powers that be, they don't want that. The nature of the Antichrist. uh, For I don't know if you've seen me rant about it yet, but the nature of the Antichrist, uh, from a biblical perspective, is within all of us. It's not a guy. It's not a government. I usually blame governments because governments are a perfect example of how the nature of the Antichrist comes together from multiple people's selfishness and desire and greed and pride 
and all these different you know sins basically these different aspects of being and it's just an accumulation of all of that into an in, into a single organization and it tries to not only monopolize on all evil but it also tries tying that to a monopoly on all good and what this causes is it causes the uh, entire world at the end of it to be run by pure human desire and selfishness. And this is why we don't see areas anymore practically that don't have a state, that don't have yep. uh, an overarching uh, government or overarching human mechanism that, that essentially dictates the way that the, the world works in that area. So the nature of the Antichrist, it is within all of us. It is your desires. It is your selfishness. It is your mindlessness, your thoughtlessness, um, the lack of mindfulness towards others in the world around you. All of that comes together in the form of the nature of the Antichrist as a whole. And that is, is what it is to me. So when, when I say the nature of the Antichrist, what I'm really saying is the selfish, the, the accumulative selfishness and negative mentality of all of humanity. Yeah, it's not it's not so much a person; it's more of an energy. Yeah, or a, or a mindset. A mindset. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 the, the and that's what it is. These people grasp that 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 mindset. Uh, the powers that be grasp that mindset, and the reason why we can't all get along with each other is because they're making us choose sides. Yep, they're making us choose sides, and I hate that. Now I grew up. I grew up in the heart of Philadelphia, a very urban man. I was, I was pure city boy. I had to learn how to adapt. That's why I'm always going out into the woods and into the mountains, and I'm always trying to learn and train and everything. I had to adapt to that. I mean, I so like I can bounce now from a city. I can go into the heart of a city and be okay, and then I can disappear off into the mountains for a few days, and I'll still and I'll be okay. You know. But growing up, I'm glad I grew up in a city. Like, I mean, yeah, it takes a lot of skill and knowledge and, and all to be able to survive in the wilderness. But um, I learned that doing that at an older age is, is, is pretty easy because that's, that's physical. Anybody can learn any, you know, physical things. But mental is, you know, things that are mental are harder to learn as you get older because people kind of get stuck in their ways, you know? Um, everybody, we, we're, we're all selfish about things. I'm glad that I grew up in a very diverse city because yep. I grew up around all sorts of people from all sorts of, all different nationalities. And, and, and I got to experience all these different cultures and everything like that. It's pretty easy to, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a lot easier when you're, when you're raised around um, rather than taking somebody who grew up in the backwoods and that's all they know and now drop them off in a city when they're like in their 30s. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? It's more, it's, only it's, ever been a redneck mm. in the woods, a shiner or something. Yeah. That's why <laughs> I say like all these. In like downtown Chicago. How, yeah. many, how long Good. does it take for him to get five in the chest? Like, you know, or like, you know, it's before his head explodes. Yeah. Because, you know, there's like, there's an interracial couple walking down the street or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like I say, like, all like these clan members and all. And it's like, you hate black people so much. 
how many of them have you ever actually met? You know, like that's like, I'm, I'm so glad I grew up. I'm glad I grew up in a city because, you know, I got, I got to experience all of that. And, and I love it. I love all these different cultures. I love doing all the different events and everything. Um, Philadelphia every year, like in September, I think it is like beginning of September, they have the Puerto Rican day parade. And it's so goddamn fun going there. I'm not Puerto Rican, but it's just like, like the St. Patrick's day parade. There's all kinds of people that go to that. And it's every, all kinds of people go to the Puerto Rican day parade and you do Puerto Rican customs and eat Puerto, you know, Puerto traditional Puerto Rican foods and all. Like I loved growing up around that. And, and to take a child and bring a child through all that, it's a lot easier than bringing somebody who's older and then dropping them off into that. Yeah. You know, because of their mindset, like they're, they're, that's what they're used to, you know? And I think it, it's, I'm all for, like, I'm not saying a pro, I'm not going to play, you know, don't go out and be fucking Rachel Dolezal and claim to be a different fucking race than what you really are. But, <laughs> Get out there and experience that shit. You know, that shit, it's fun. <laughs> like I used to love going to down, downtown in Philadelphia, just going through Chinatown. There's cool shit down there. You know, you, you see cool shit and you meet cool people and you eat nice and I, I, everybody should get out and do that shit. And, and, and doing that, that's like step one towards saying fuck you to the, the to the, to the antichrist. Yes. Like yes, fuck you. I'm, I'm I'm doing what you don't want me to do. I'm reaching out to these love people. My fellow man. Yeah, I don't care who you are, what you fuck, or, you know, or I don't who you are, or where you're from, or, or what you you know what you're about. I'm gonna I'm gonna treat everybody as as, as they treat me. Yes. You know, if you hey, if you're nice to me, I'll be nice. I'll be nice to you, but then I'll back away if you start being a dickhead. But you know, what I mean? like yeah. I'm I'm automatically I'm I'm from the school. Hey. Give that person respect. Give them the benefit of the doubt up front. Let them prove. Let them prove that they're an asshole. Don't let, don't let them prove that they're a good person. You know, I, that's a mindset that I hate too. People are like, oh, you have to earn my respect. No, give it up front. You know, respect is, it's, yep. it's, 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 it's given and it's earned. You know, like if, you have, if you're going to be that way, nobody's going to respect you. Exactly. You know? I mean, I, I, I like to be respected, you know, I, I, I do. I really do. I want people, I want people to respect me for the person that I am. But, uh, yes. Yeah. Get out there. Thank you very much. (laughs) Hey, no problem, bud. It's (laughs) been a a wonderful time talking to you, man. Um, I usually try to keep my podcast to about an hour, so I'm going to go ahead and start doing our outro. Um, Do you have any other projects other than your new business that you want to do announce or anything you're working on? Okay. No, no, uh, no, no, not right now. Let everyone know. Just the business. Let everyone know where they can find you. Um, Maybe more than just Twitter, considering uh, Jack just left and the new guy seems a lot worse. So a lot of us are going over to uh, Getter now. Getter. Um, we've all made we've all made backup Getter accounts. That's for people that don't know what that is. It's Getter G G E T T R Getter. It's like Twitter, but I mean Steve Bannon's on there, so it just goes to show you that they're pretty they're pretty loose with their standards <laughs> there. Um, yeah, a lot of us are, are starting to 
we're getting, we're not, we're not, we haven't fully made the jump over to there yet, but we're getting ready to, because like you said, with Jack stepping down and this new idiot coming in, who, who, uh, who said it's not, it's not Twitter, it's not their responsibility to uphold the First Amendment. That's that's his words. Yep. yep. So, yeah, they're just going to create it. Ele- they're just going to create. Um, I mean, they're well more than it already is. Just a leftist echo chamber. That's it. Um, so yeah, we're on Getter. Um, I'm over there, um, and on Twitter and YouTube. All three of them are Rocky Mountain Chaos. Oh, and uh, TikTok also. Yeah, TikTok, um, YouTube, and TikTok. I'm going to start doing more on. But uh, yeah, it's Rocky Mountain Chaos. That's Rocky MT Chaos on everything. It's the same username. You can find me on all of them. Awesome. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'll be making the official announcement on uh, the, the 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 much more in detail uh, business venture announcement on Twitter here within the next like two weeks. Awesome. Well, um, thank you very much for coming on, everyone else. Hey. Um, this is yeah. Good. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Anytime you want, I'll come and bullshit with you. We'll yeah, talk more yeah. about Vikings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to everyone else who's still listening, thank you very much. Um, this has been your host, Awe. If you'd like, I have a few announcements here. Um, for one, I have, and this is hilarious, reinstated my Minecraft server. So if anybody wants to access the Minecraft server, just uh, let me know. I will send you the link. You can either DM me. You can email me on my website. I'm probably going to be making a Getter account. If I do, I will have the links for everyone's information in the description of the podcast. Um, But as our final outro, thank you everyone for watching. And for the crimes, the dread antichrist sins of causing harm to your fellow man, uh, violently in, uh, requesting the enforcement from officers who you've been denouncing for years, I declare that those who are beaten on the homeless, whether verbally or physically, are indeed manifesting a part of the body of the Antichrist. Thank you everyone for watching, and have a wonderful day.